Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. As I've said a few times before over the last few months, I moved this summer, and I literally moved from one block to the other, so from, from fifth to fourth, and it's actually 47 steps. Charlotte marched it off, so 47 steps to the next duplex is where we live. And um, whether you're moving 47 steps or 47,000 kilometers, you're still moving. And so in that moving process, people, we've all done it in some way or another. Sometimes you're throwing stuff out. Sometimes you're finding new treasures, like I found 21 pairs of my glasses. And I, I, seriously, I kid you not, I'm down to two. So they're somewhere. And there's stuff that you want to take to the dump or goodwill and you share. It's a shedding process during that time. And one of the things I came across in my garage was this beautiful door. And this beautiful door, uh, which I will slightly move it because it weighs 75 pounds. This door is from your church, from Hillers United Church. And when we did a, a renovation in our church about 10 years ago, These were in the basement, and they were going to throw them out. And I'm like, no way, you're not throwing that thing out. And so I took it home, and it's got hinges on it somewhere. And I uh, had somebody who knows a lot more than me and is good with a screwdriver uh, turn this sideways, and it was a headboard over my bed for a number of years. quite beautiful. Uh, But then I moved again in the time, and it ended up in the garage. And so I've decided that I want this door to be a piece of art hanging in my Uh, living room. So if you ever get to my house, you'll be able to see it at some point. Because what I love about doors is I love to think about this particular door and to think about the people who may have walked through this door. Like I think about the couple that may have pushed through these doors as they left after their wedding out into the street to a new beginning. Or I think of perhaps someone who has died and come to a funeral to celebrate the loved one's life and they may have touched this door as they went into the building. Or I think of perhaps the family that brought a child for baptism and their sticky little soft hands just touched the door as they went out of the door. Or someone who knocked on our door because our doors were closed and they were wanting to get in. And just a regular old Sunday when people open a door to go to a meeting. So I love to imagine and think about doors. I've always loved doors. I can think of the doors in my life. I can still smell the screen door at our cottage, which is 65 years old. It's got a certain smell to it. I began to think about the doors of the schools that I went to. I remember the door I went to literally when there came a day when I was just a little one and my mother had said, do not put your tongue on cold metal. And I remember, oh, thinking she didn't really know what she was talking to. Uh, ah, 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 and literally waiting as I stuck and everybody gathered around pointing to me till I finally got it off and the blood and the skin left there. But going through the cold steel door back into the school, I think of the churches and the cathedrals that I've walked in. Certain doors stick in our consciousness and our memory. And I love doors. I love thinking about them. I'm also aware that we're living in a housing crisis across our country right now. Every city in our country is is 
reached its limit and people are camped out and there's a march this coming uh, week on Thursday to say we have to do something in the city so that all people can afford not just a doorknob but a place to live, affordable housing. And so I'm aware that doors are a privilege for many of us. And when I looked at this, and I didn't think about it until we were just looking at it this morning, but I remember seeing the door of my grandfather's house in Lurgan, Ireland. I went a number of years ago, and it's a purple door. And I remember looking through into the window to this little house that he lived. So I don't know about you, but doors stick. And doors are a part of our life journey because we all walk through doors at different times. And sometimes doors are closed for us. But doors have a consciousness to them that is really, really interesting. So to the psychology of doors that I looked this week, I just want to say something about it because it's quite fun. How many people have a red door? A red door. Here you go. A few of you. Well, apparently you're bold. Uh, you like to stand out with energy and enthusiasm out in Springbank. A yellow door. Any yellow doors here? Nice. You are warmth and have a sunny disposition, apparently. Green door. Green door people are calm and peacefulness is so important. Any green doors here? Not too many peaceful green door people here. <laughs> White apparently conveys a freshness and simplicity. Any white doors? Yeah, nice. Brown door. Brown doors. We, we talked about your brown door you're not particularly fond of. It means you're down to earth, Greg. Down to earth you are. A black door. And that happens to be the color of the one in my right now. It's bold and powerful. Strength and sophistication, us black door people. Now, I have to tell you, another uh, site said that black is the most unwelcoming door you can find. So, <laughs> But I, I'm going to go with the bold and sophisticated door. But doors do, they look at the doors here, the beautiful colors. They are an entrance into our space. And the different colors uh, you might love and the texture, if it's wood or metal or glass, doors are really, really important symbols in our life. And they're symbolic in many different ways, but they're also part of our language. They're part of our language. We know that we've had people who have closed a door. Maybe they've closed the door on you. Or maybe you have a relationship with someone you know, no matter what, that's a closed door conversation. We're never talking about that again. Or sometimes people will say, we need to have a closed door conversation, that we're gonna close the doors for a private conversation that helps us sort through things. Sometimes we have like saloon doors that we need to decide, is it gonna be open or closed? I had this, this particular last week, last Monday, I got my hair cut and uh, I'm sitting there and the person cutting my hair, who I've known for a number of years, says to me during the conversation, she says, um, what'd you do on the weekend? I said, well, I went to the pride parade. You went to the pride parade? I said, yeah, I went to the pride parade. Conversation carries on. She says, well, did you know that all trans people are really pedophiles? <laughs> and as I'm looking in the mirror with a half-cut head, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I could run. And then I thought to myself, no, there are some people that we need to continue that conversation with. If we all just talk to the people who think just like us, we're in big trouble. And so I said, Carrie, well, that's really interesting, but we had a speaker preach yesterday, and certainly that is not who they are. I'm not sure where you get that. 
which of course led to, well, social media told me blah, blah, blah. And then the conversation for me was to tell the story of last Sunday and the beautiful gift of our preacher. But realize in that conversation, you know, the doors sometimes we shut to protect ourselves, and I understand, but sometimes we have to open the door to people who are different than us and think differently politically or religiously or whatever prejudice we all have to keep the door of the conversation open. Now, when I shared this with Andrea and Ann, they said, well, whatever you do, John, that's up to you, but just don't let her shave your face. (laughs) But it was true. It was true. Sometimes we have these conversations where we have to say to ourselves, am I going to open the door or am I just going to close the door on these? And those are choices we make, but I think we're living in a political economic time where we have to be willing to talk to people who think differently and have a different view of our politics and our world so that the conversation remains open. I think more than ever in Canada in particular and other places, we have to have that conversation open. And what I suggest you say if you're in those with somebody who's very different, as I said to this person, was help me understand how you have that perspective. And it invites the conversation instead of just saying no. Say, help me understand how you come to that conclusion. Sometimes we have people in our life who are door openers who give us an opportunity to start and try something new. Sometimes there are people who open up our life through the door we walk through at work. When I walked through the door United Way a number of years ago, the doors opened to see Calgary and all the greatness of all the organizations that work in this city. And sometimes organizations or door openers. So you have to say to yourself sometimes, are, are you a door opener in your life? Or do you find that you're a door closer? You keep your door closed on who you are and what's important to you. And I think doors metaphorically and symbolically speak to who we are. Are we an open door person or a reserved door person or a closed door person? Apparently, Thich Nhat Hanh said to Thomas Merton in 1966, we don't teach meditation to young monks. They are not ready until they stop slamming doors. Isn't that true? Anybody who's had teenagers knows the slamming of a door. But I think what he's saying here is that there come to a place where you're not slamming doors anymore. And you're willing to have a a door open a bit for that conversation. The mythology around doors is so interesting to me. Do you know the word January is the first of the year? January, the goddess Janus which looks at the door open and close. It's a two-faced God looking back at December and then into February. And this God was the the one who's the initiator of the life that we're going to walk. And January is that kind of month where we say, that was the old year and this is the new year. And the goddess Janus was apparently present at births and weddings and deaths. When we're going through transition, the goddess was always present. And you think back to COVID, remember COVID? Throughout COVID, we talked about liminal space, you know, between that world and this world, we stood in the threshold, which was the liminal space between pre-COVID and post-COVID. And in that liminal COVID time, it was a standing between the two worlds. I love that idea of looking backward and forward that January actually brings for all of us. 
But doors are so important in our religious life for, for the Jewish community as an example. The key story for the Jewish folks is the Passover. And if you have a Jewish friend and you've been to their house, you go to the door and there's a mezuzah right by the door. And they go and they touch that spot on the door before they pass into the home. And every time they step on it, they remember the Passover. And the mezuzah is a way of remember. God is the one who liberates, who took us from slavery to freedom, that touching of the door. And the text you heard a moment ago by, by Susan was this about Jesus calling himself a door. Now in John's gospel, Jesus says many ways. People are saying, who are you? He goes, okay, I'm the bread of life, or I am the light, or I'm the shepherd. And all through the metaphors, he's trying to get people to understand who he is. And so he says in this case, I am the door. And they would understand that door as the door is separating one side from the other and the door that opens people to a way of life. Jesus saw himself as a door. And I love that metaphor because Jesus for me is a door. Jesus helps me walk in and see what God is like. And the way I like to think about it is this, Jesus is the one who's not pointing to himself, but pointing to who God is. And through all the stories and parables and teachings, Jesus is saying, this is what God is like. He talks about the kingdom of God. So every story is about, what does it look like? Well, I'm the door, let me show you. And he tells them the parable of the prodigal son, the story of a person who was so full of themselves that they thought they could take off and live their life, but realized they made a mistake and on their way home returning, rehearsing the story about what they had done, the parent looking out the door sees the child coming, runs down the road before the child even says, I'm so sorry. The parent says, you were lost and you're found. You're dead, you're alive. I welcome you home. The door is open. It was never shut on you. Or the story of the Good Samaritan, you know the story. What does it look like to gain eternal life? And Jesus tells that beautiful parable you know, and it's the one who opened the door for one to live in the inn and to get hospitality and help them along the way. See, everything Jesus did was about opening doors. And people in the society who shun people, who put them out, the least, the lost, and lowly, Jesus says, these are the ones that I come for. And Jesus sees Zacchaeus, who's up the tree, literally, because everybody hates him so much. Jesus says, you come down. I want to eat at your place. I'm going to open the door into your house and dine with you. You see, everything Jesus did was about opening doors. When people said, Jesus said, why do, I see the, why do you see the speck in another person's eye and not the log in your own? He's challenging people's judgment, saying, there's more to this story. Open the door to who this person is. Women, men, children, all were welcomed into the home of the understanding of Jesus. You see, for me, the story of Jesus is one who opens the door to another way of living. That's why I do what I do for a living. That's why I think you show up here is to have Jesus open the door to widen our understanding of who God is, to widen our perspective on life, to widen our understanding, not to close off, but to open the doors just as they are right now in this beautiful building, open to the world. Just when we wanna close it, Jesus continually opening the door for us. There's a story that I've heard that I believe is true about a, a young man who was, had been in jail 
and the whole small town knew all about what they had done. And when he knew he was coming back home to that town, he let his family know, if it's okay for me to get off the train, I'll get off the train. And if it's okay to get off the train, just tie a ribbon on the door of your house and I'll see it when I come into town and I'll know it's okay to step off. So he's sitting on the train, literally waiting and wondering whether he's able to come home, whether he's welcome home or not. And he's sitting on the train, and as the train comes around the corner, he cannot believe his eyes as he sees the entire town with ribbons on their door, on the trees, on the fence posts. And that's exactly what it means to see God as door and in the person of Jesus as door. The door with God is always open, no matter what. And God lays it all out and says, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, the door is always open. Just knock. So, I believe God is opening the door to you and I in this coming fall to close some doors and risk stepping through another door trusting that God's love is wide and gracious and free. Thanks be to God for this great good news. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.